You're listening to WJMF Radio, the beat of Bryant. What is going on, you guys? I'm Brian Costa. I'm Tyler Tucker. I'm Jake Marshan. And welcome to the 200th episode of Down to the Wire. Uh, this has been an episode that's been well in the making now, and uh, I got some great guests on the show to discuss it. Obviously, you just heard them in the intro, Tyler Tucker and then Jake Marshan. Thank you guys for being here. I really do appreciate this. Uh, given the circumstances of what today is, it is at least for Jake and I, it's our final day of undergraduate uh, for college. Tyler, I know you're going to be back here in the fall, but uh, boys, this is it. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's actually nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. We we took our little stroll down memory lane last night and, yeah. you know, went to the old stomping grounds from sophomore, from freshman year. Uh, kind of crazy to think that was already four years ago. Absolutely. But, so um, for those of you guys who don't know, because I don't think we ever talked about like on air at least how we all kind of came to meet each other but um jake this originally started my freshman year uh well but like well back in like senior year of high school when bryant created the um the what's it called the the facebook group chats the infamous facebook yeah and you proceed to hit me up on this group chat and say like hey you're gonna be living in room 414 in warren house i'm gonna be living in room 415 and um, I remember from that, we started like a couple conversations over Snapchat and it was like, yo, man, like, can't wait to meet up with you. And like, I don't know, do you want to kind of talk about that? Yeah, I, I still remember it to this day. I, um, it's going to sound so weird. Like, you know how, like, like something happened, like something happens, you remember like exactly where you were when it happened. Formative can, moment. Yeah. Yeah. I can still picture exactly where I was when I was on vacation with my family, when I first texted you, mm. um, so yeah, I, I saw, I saw, I was like, oh, all right. Like, at least I know one or two people from my floor and I, yeah. I saw you said something in the chat and I hit you up and, you know, look at where we are now. No, it's, it. it's wild, man. And then obviously, uh, Tyler, you being from Jake's hometown and you living with him, that's how I eventually uh, came to meet you. Um, I know I remember it spe- spe- specifically the day I met you in person. Um, I had just finished moving into my room freshman year. And uh, was just kind of chilling out. I've been texting you throughout the day. I've been like, yo, bro, when are you pulling up? Just want to like say, hey, like we can chill out, do some stuff like that. And I remember like, yeah, you just like pull up at the door. I was like, wow, this is like, this is crazy. I'm This is like, this is like meeting a pen pal in real life for the first time. You know, I'm hoping I'm not going to get stabbed or something, <laughs> but um, it was cool. Like there's still time. There's still time. <laughs> well, no, I, I, Jake, Jake, you scare me. I just, <laughs> no. But I I was like, I was like, oh, shoot, like, this is actually really cool. Like, I've never had like that kind of an experience um, like that. So to meet someone online like that and then actually have it turn into being one of your best friends is really cool. And then Tyler, um, you being Jake's like, you know, direct roommate at that point. Um, I forget the exact moment when I met you, but I know like I came into your room and I hate to say it, but you looked very young at the time. You still look young. You, you look <laughs> great, Tyler. I <laughs> and I... I hate to say it, but I thought that you were Jake's little brother when I first met you. And yeah. I, I was just like, oh, shoot, like, like this is Jake's brother. This is chill. And you go, no, I'm Tyler. I'm living here. I was like, oh, <laughs> damn, this is crazy. Yeah, that tends to happen a lot. I actually, my uh, my senior year superlative was most likely to be ID'd at 30. So that's been a consistent trend throughout my life. That's awesome, man. I mean, That's funny. You got the facial hair going now, though, yeah. So you got Ryan out. trying to fake it. <laughs> it's chilling, man. But though, um, I remember like that night we went to well, it's Gittell's house now, but at the time it was Makeley's house for the uh, uh, welcome dinner, and we did all the festivities there. And I remember Jake, you actually showed me the video last night of the first night of the first day we all hung out with each other. Um, you know, end of August, beginning of September nights, pretty good day out. And what are we? What are we doing? We're in your room watching Happy Gilmore with, um, <laughs> it's me, Tyler, Jake, Carter, um, Mike, Fiorenza, Mike Fiorenza, yep. and I think Dave Roundy was there. Yeah. So like, I remember just like, like, oh, like oh, from the jump, those are the people that we met, and like, I still know all these people to this yeah. day. It's crazy. We had seven to eight heads packed in that two hundred fifty square foot room, all watching the same movie on two TVs. It was actually pretty awesome. Just like, Hey, is this good? Is this what college is? <laughs> is this like, just college? All right, cool. Yeah, no, I, that's what I thought too. I was, I was like, all right, I guess this is just college. Cool. Like just like random heads just posted up in yeah, a bedroom. This is, a, this much. is what it is. And I remember I, um, trying to think, well, we went in there last night and yeah, like you talked about it being like a small dorm room. 
wow, man, it feels it feels a lot different than how it actually was. It felt smaller. Yeah, like it, I I don't know. I was I was I because I um you know being in four fourteen, I went into my room and I was like, wow, I, this felt way bigger freshman year. And it's kind of like the thing of like you know when you're a little kid and like you kind of grow up and it's like oh things actually like the big slide at the playground didn't seem as as uh big of a deal as it actually was. So that's kind of how I felt with that. So um I, I don't know, man. Like you, you you I know you guys went into your room as well. Yeah, I mean it was it was nuts. I mean, I think we tend to forget that like, you know, we were as cocky as we were coming into it, you know, we were still a bunch of, you know, 17, 18-year-old idiots. Like <laughs> I, I think we've changed a lot since then. And it's it's uh it's very cool to be able to reflect on that. I'm glad our our doors were magically unlocked so we could just sneak in there. Yeah. We didn't break any rules though. So yeah, no. <laughs> no, 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 no rules. They unlocked the they unlocked the dorm for us. So like yeah. it was perfectly within reason. You talked about the door being unlocked. I thought that you meant about freshman year because I remember that there were plenty of times in which um, myself and others, we would go into your guys' room and just like cause all sorts of uh, trouble, trouble that I can't talk about on this show. But um, I remember specifically one instance that we can talk about, Tyler, um, you were in your bed and um isaiah comes in and this is not the instance i'm talking about this is this is the this is the fun one. this is the this is the yeah. one that we can talk about on. <laughs> okay. and um you're sleeping and isaiah comes up with the amazing idea to wrap you up in your sheets and we all proceed to carry you into the bathroom and almost try to put you into the shower and before we have the opportunity to do so um our ra at the time paul um walks in the room and just goes what the hell are you guys yeah, doing? Well, because <laughs> he he thought that we were like hazing you. Were like this was like some random person we were doing this, and he goes like he goes like yo, put him down. And we were like no, guys, it's okay. No, I, I definitely went kicking and screaming <laughs> just to make sure I woke someone up to get some attention. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh one of the many hijinks of freshman year that we uh, crazy crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like those are we did that. Um, that was a crazy thing that we did, and then. Um, you talked about like the community aspect of it. I remember um, one big thing that we did a lot of was the uh, Madden tournaments. Those were huge. Oh my um, gosh, the Madden tournaments. Madden yeah. tournaments. And then Jake, I remember you were trying to give me the smoke in NBA 2K and you were like talking so much smack to me. And I said, all right, I'm going to be the Utah Jazz. I'm going to be Donovan Mitchell and I'm going to cook you. Oh and I proceeded and I, feel down. I, I still proceeded remember. to drop like 56 points with Donovan Mitchell. Dude, and it was, was just a bloodbath. I forget who you were too. You were like a good team. I was like the 2016 Warriors. <laughs> it was stupid. It was so stupid, but it was funny. And we did that in your guys' room. We did it in Carter and Aiden's room as well. And uh that that room has some has some special meanings as well. That place was uh definitely a spot. And the final place, I guess, that we could say that we visited last night, which was cool, was uh Goose's old suite, um, yep. suite one Warren 100. Yeah, that place. Uh, wow. It like some things never changed. I know that like when we would go there, it was always kind of just like a bleep show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even like after the kids this year cleaned it out, it still looked like it could have been a fully like lived in dorm. Yeah, I think uh, I think one thing we all collectively remember from two, not to take a dark turn into this, but being at Sweet 100 and kind of getting the news about COVID and how yeah. everything was going down. And that was around like the time where you know, we got sent away. But no, I remember that like Jake. I specifically remember like like your mom or something texted you yeah, and you yeah. like and you like talked to all of us about that. Yeah, I still remember like we got that notice that like, oh hey, like you're going home for spring break and you're not coming back. Yeah. Um and I remember my mom texting me that night when we were at Goose's place and she's like, Don't bring home COVID and get anyone oh sick. God. This is bad. And I don't I, bring home COVID and, like and it, I, and like it was like it was drugs or something. Like we could <laughs> control it. It was just funny too because I remember her texting me that when we were there, and I'm like, "Oh, like I didn't say this obviously, but I'm like, oh, I'm already hanging out with 25 of my closest friends. No worries. <laughs> we in a packed <laughs> dorm room. Oh my god, yeah, it was that was not gonna help the cause whatsoever. Definitely not. But yeah, um, I know one thing that I kind of felt with going back to the Warren dorm was kind of a sense of closure on freshman year because we never had to have we never had that opportunity of you know, like the traditional may move out, like saying goodbye to everyone. Um, it was kind of just like you select a time to come back to campus and they were like, get on campus, get all your crap and get out of here as soon as possible. Yeah. And that was just how it was. And I don't know, it was weird to be back in there again and actually 
you know, like have have like a moment in the room rather than just like run in and run in and out of there. No, I totally agree. I think for me, the last time I was in that room was when we had to we got like that window to go back mm-hmm. and get our stuff. And I flew here five hours, both up and down. Yeah. Um, But it, it felt really good to, you know, take a look at everything and kind of reflect on it, because I mean, I, I know for me. After I left Warren, I left here yeah. for two years. Yeah, Tyler, so. you, you left school. And I know that COVID played to, played an impact on that, but I know that there were other things as well. Um, you know, we'll like to the like you kind of had a really kind of full circle thing with Bryant. Like, you know, you want to talk about that? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I don't I won't go too crazy sure, with yeah. it, but um yeah, I uh, I moved I, I transferred out during COVID and I went to a community college and got my associate's degree just kind of in the meantime. And then uh, I was pretty much basically completely enrolled at UConn and I was I had a house, I had a, a lease on a house and I was ready to go there. And um just for some reason some after the fact credit things fell through and I was basically looking at a way longer timeline than I was prepared for. Cause like they, cause they told you like, Oh, you're going to be like a second semester junior. And like, in your mind, you thought you'd be out in a year. And they told you like, what? Like I needed to do at least three to four more years of coursework. <laughs> so I was like, well, okay. I mean, that was a lie. That, that was an absolute lie. So I just on a whim, I was like, well, i I don't know what else I can do. So I sent one application, one transfer application back to Bryant and like within 10 days they accepted me and I was wow. like, wow, okay, let's, let's do it. One last ride. So yeah. back turbo. <laughs> no, I know when I got that text that you were coming back to Bryant, I was working for the Woo Sox at the time and I literally could not believe what I was reading. I, I, I was like, bro, is this like a fever dream right now? Like what the hell is going on? Like I'd never because I remember the di- when you texted saying like, "Hey boys, I'm not coming. I'm not coming back to Brian for sophomore year," and it was like, "Wow, like this like sucks." And then to see like the antithesis of that, and to see the opposite text, like it felt like a weird like parallel movie for a second. Yeah, trust me. And I, I thought myself I would never, never see it again. So yeah. it, it was really cool. And I'm, I'm very happy with how things turned out. You know, maybe you know looking back, I just wish COVID never happened. But no, honestly, <laughs> I think a lot of people do. So absolutely. I mean. Tyler, um, you know, one of the big things that COVID impacted actually was the start of this show. I mean, um, I remember when we decided to, you know, decide that we were going to do a co-hosted radio show and, um, you know, we were sitting in Carter and Aiden's room and you came up with, and you said to me like, Hey, like, Ryan, I know you had mentioned wanting to do a radio show. Do you want to like do a co-hosting gig together? And I was like, hell yeah, let's do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was, it, it, it came fast too. I mean, we, we kind of. You, it was a spur of the moment thing. Yeah, and we kind of just took the ball and rolled with it, and it's it's turned into something special. And yeah, you, you you've done amazing with it. So. I, th- I thank you, man. Pat so, yourself on the back for that yeah, for sure. I appreciate it, man. So I know that for on my end, the way this started was, um, I, I mean, back in high school, I you know my first two years of high school, I didn't do a lot of stuff participation wise. I was kind of I did sports, did things like that, but um, wasn't too involved in too many club activities. And I remember. When I applied for National Honor Society, I got rejected because they said, like, oh, we want to see more, like, in-school involvement. I said, all right. So I joined student council, and then I joined the school newspaper. And through that, I gained a real love for writing, and I realized, like, all right, if I'm writing about something I'm passionate about, like, it's not going to burden me like a paper or schoolwork. Like, I can really get invested into that. So my freshman year, when I came to Bryan, I actually didn't join the radio station. I joined the newspaper. And I wrote articles. It was fine. But it didn't have the same feel that um, the high school paper did like deadlines didn't feel as like really strict. Cause it was, it's a student club. There's not an actual teacher running it. So you never felt like the pressure of an actual paper that you once did. And I remember I came over to the radio station. I thought there was going to be like this long tenuous process of learning how to operate boards, flip switches. And um, Olivia Aiken, who um, graduated last year, um, she comes up to me and, and she goes, no, you just got to hit one button. You're on air. I was like, I was like, are you That's serious? And, and and she goes, yeah, we're, we're live on air right now. I was like, this is insane. Okay. So, um, that opened a whole door of possible, a whole world of possibilities. And, um, you know, Tyler, you came on the show and originally it was just going to be the two of us, but, um, Carter actually said like, Hey, if you guys are going to talk XFL, um, he's been, he had been binging it, um, like crazy at that point. So he was the XFL's number one supporter in the yeah. first run. And he came on what was supposed to be just as a guest for the first show, but that turned into him having a full-time role with it. Yeah. It, and that, that exploded too. And I, uh, I distinctly remember too, uh, when you mentioned COVID that, uh, 
that I think it was a winter COVID special or like a holiday special that we yeah, did, yeah, and yeah. we ended up going for. You did the quarantine special. Quarantine special. And we did ended up going for about like three hours that day, and that was the time, man. That I, was incredible. Because <laughs> I remember, I remember when this all got shut down, and I was really bummed because like we had done like six episodes. It felt like we were hitting a groove, and I was like, damn, like I, that felt like really cool. Like I can't believe that we can't do that anymore. And I reached out to WJMF. I said, like, hey, could if we did this thing, would you guys promote it? And they were like, absolutely. And looking back on it, it's like one of the nerdiest things that I think we've ever done. But it was at, at that time, like everyone was locked in their house. There was nothing to do. And I was like, all right, I want to have some fun. And like that was like one of like that moment right there made me feel like I was at school again for a little bit. Even if even if it was just for a couple hours, getting the chance to talk with you guys and like just BS about random sports topics. It was really a great experience. I think it made us feel a little human too. Yeah. That I, I definitely felt that on my end. I just felt yeah. I could connect with other people again, which was something that was few and far between at that point. Mm -hmm. And then I know um, Jake, um, you know, Tyler, I obviously didn't return for your sophomore and then junior year, but Jake, we came back to college for our sophomore year. And what a world, what a world we got thrown Boy. into. That yeah. was, that was, a, that was a crazy time. Yeah, I remember working at the COVID testing center because we were like, we kind of knew we were going to be coming back. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I kind of want to get a job on campus because I need money. And uh, I saw something about like working at the COVID testing center. I filled out an application. I kid you not, like 10 minutes later, I get a call and they're <laughs> like, you have a heartbeat. Can you work? And I said, yes. And I remember doing your COVID tests for you all the time, sophomore year. You'd always try and go to my table. Yeah, I would go to your table, and I would I would go up to the table. I would take the test, and I'd be like, hey, Jake, don't F this up for me. I do not want to get stuck in quarantine right now. And I was I was like, hey, man, I don't care what you have to do. Just make sure that this ends up uh, be, not being positive. I mean, I think it was, like, mutually beneficial at that point because yeah. you were my roommate. So no, I was it, like, oh, exactly. if you test positive now, then I'm screwed. So, well, And, I mean, eventually, like, it, COVID caught up to everyone. I actually never – personally tested positive yeah. for it everyone got it at some point i just don't know when it was it was whatever illness i had so um it probably got me at some point but i never tested positive but um it did get isaiah yeah and i remember that call like i got back from my night class and isaiah just goes yo boys um i just tested positive for covid and i'm getting moved out and like he get he got sent into cumberland we, we were like Oh my God. It felt like he got sent to Alcatraz. It was like, what the hell's happening? Yeah, his, his little coloring book and everything. Yeah. It was <laughs> a coloring book. Yeah. Cause so like we get sent out and I remember we were watching war dogs that night. Gosh. Yep. That was my first time seeing that movie. Yeah. Movie. And we, we, cause we thought we were getting moved to a hotel the next day. Yeah. I still remember where I was too. When we got that text, I was doing one of those like job interviews. You have to like record yourself answering prompts. And I was like freaking out. Cause I'm like, Oh my God. It like, was going along the lines of, hi, I'm, J hi, I'm Jake Martian, and I think I'm going to be a quality candidate because of what the hell. That's basically exactly how it went. That's crazy. <laughs> Needless to say, I did not get an offer. <laughs> but <laughs> That's funny. And, yeah, like that was that was a crazy time. I know I tried to do a couple shows during that. And, I mean, listen, I, I have a lot of fun doing this, but 10 days locked in a room, you can only do so much. And that was uh, that was that was a moment that pushed, I think, a lot of people to their limits, like. Not the fact of like living with you guys. That was fine. Oh, yeah. It was more just like, all right, we're in isolation. We cannot leave the room. And that was like, that was crazy. Oh, I, I remember I got a Snapchat like I remember memory that pop up and like we're like thawing out frozen prepackaged oh. chicken parmesan with a hairdryer. It's like <laughs> the microwave was horrible. <laughs> it was awful. It was awful. And I remember that they told us too, like that we technically couldn't leave our bedrooms, but in reality, like and and they said like, hey, don't go in your common room. And if you have to go to the bathroom, use a wear a mask. And I was like, sorry, Brian, but um, yeah, yeah no, we what? weren't doing that. <laughs> that just wasn't <laughs> happening. Um, like I, I'm like, like that. This isn't 1984. Like like you weren't watching us. So like I, we were gonna hang out with each other. And yeah. it was it was at the point where if we got COVID, who the hell cares? Because like we were gonna get it at that point. Yeah. Ugh, but I don't know. Now we're out of it, and it's it's crazy. I mean. Now, like we, you know, the podcast, it's come a long way, um, you know, being on episode 200. I mean, I remember when I was impressed with the fact when we got to episode 24, because I could say like, all right, we've now done an hour's worth of shows. That was like a big thing for me or or, or a day's worth of shows, because I thought like, wow, I've been like on the air technically talking about sports for a whole day. And now That's it's like and now it's like it might be like a month now. No, yeah. not 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 probably not. But it's like. 
probably like a good week or two weeks worth of just straight talking, which is incredible. So, I mean, I, I'm incredibly proud of this. And I just want to say to you boys, like, I know that I've put in a lot of work with this, but this would not be possible without you guys. Because I've done a couple shows where I had to go on and talk by myself. And let, let me tell you, it's not fun. Yeah. I, I, liked, I like to have back and forth and have discourse with it. So um, for the hours that you guys have taken out of your schedules, um, you know, Jake, not even like, you know, like being a direct member of the show, but be, mm -hmm. just being a guest to come on and do what you did. Um, I thank you for that. And then Tyler, just uh, to help me with this journey, man, it's been a blast. I'm so thankful for what you were able to do and helping it, me with this. No, I, I, it's an absolute pleasure. Like, Cause seriously. I would, I would not be yeah. doing this today if it wasn't for you guys. We appreciate, appreciate you that. having yeah. us on. It's been a blast. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of what I have for a little uh, of opening with the show. I wanted to, you know, recap some stuff with college. Um, graduation's coming up tomorrow, so we're gonna give it one last go around yep. tonight, and uh, the block. and then it's off. I mean, it was a fun senior week. Yeah, had a good time. Yeah, but now we gotta hop into some sports news. I know we got really sentimental there, <laughs> um, but boys, there is some sports news that we have to talk about, and um, mainly it's just gonna revolve around the NBA. This was a this was a segment that I actually meant to cover in my. First and my first show of the week, uh, episode 199. Um, but just somehow it got lost through whatever it was going on. And uh, that involves one NBA player by the name of John Morant, um, who is actively trying to make his way into the hood. Um, <laughs> first player to ever, first guy to ever want to do that. But um, for the second time in like a two months period of time, in a two month span, this guy proceeds to flash a gun on Instagram Live. And I, I just I don't even know what to do anymore, because the first time I saw it, I, I didn't know the background of it. I was like, OK, like this is like a weird situation. But like, you know, like we'll see how this thing goes. And he served an eight game suspension. And I thought that was going to be the end of it. He issued an apology. Yep. He said, like, hey, I'm going to learn to be better. He did an interview with Jalen Rose of saying, like, yeah, man, I was stupid. I need to, like, evaluate who's in my circle. And it seemed like he was kind of it was kind of a wake up call moment. And. It's not like he got caught on surveillance. It wasn't like he was on a security a security camera or a nightclub uh, video camera that like caught him in like re really grainy video. And it was like, oh, my God, John Morant's maybe holding a gun again. He proceeds to do the exact same thing. And you can see in the second video where they're listening to NBA Youngboy and his friend is filming this time. And like the, like Jaws dancing, they, the friend pans over to him. He holds up the gun, and then the friend just quickly like throws the camera out of frame. And it was like, dude, the damage is already done. He was trying to help him, but there's nothing you could do. Like, what a freaking dumbass! It's it's crazy to do the same exact thing twice. You already got in trouble for it. You already yes. got suspended for it. Why did you do the same exact? No, thing? exactly. Well, the thing that really got me too, and I was telling you guys about this earlier today, but. Is I don't know if you saw, but like his apology statement that he made, yeah. like that cause, cause, that thing read that yeah, thing, thing seems so insincere. The apology statement he made was a hundred percent made by Chat GPT because I saw 100%. multiple like posts on social media today, and all of them had side by side comparisons of his statement and a Chat GPT response to the prompt of provide me an apology paragraph for my actions, and I'm just like, it's like the same word for word, and it's just like. It's ridiculous. So I'm, I'm interested to see what the punishment's going to be. I know he's like indefinitely suspended from all team activities. Yeah, the, gri the Grizzlies just cut him off like immediately. They they didn't even say like, "Hey, we're going to like evaluate this." They they said like, "No, Jaws just done. We see suspended." So like, this is a weird case because like we've seen star players act out and do crazy things before, and sometimes it's resulted in them getting released from teams. Sometimes the player, however, is too big a name that you just can't afford to lose him like that. One player who comes to mind is Antonio Brown in the NFL. Um, back when we first started college, like when he was with the Oakland Raiders, the stuff that he was getting into was ridiculous. Oh I mean, he showed to practice in a hot air balloon. He got frostbite on his feet. Um, you know, Literally he was assaulting his ex-girlfriend on Instagram live. Yeah. So child dispute. Yeah, exactly. So he was, uh, he was, that was after the fact of him getting released, but he was doing a bunch of crazy stunts and things like that. And eventually the Raiders said like, all right, this is too much. We, we know you're incredibly talented, but we got to drop you. I don't know what it's going to take at this point. I think that Jaws' position at this point is safe with the Grizzlies. He's too good of a player. He's one of the next faces of the NBA. But at what point is the it, does he become too much of a liability for you? I mean, 
if he continues to do the same thing over and over and clearly not change his actions. I mean, he is wildly talented, but incredibly talented. There's there's a lot of young kids, you know, watching his performance and then engaging with him on social media. So he's got to be careful about the message and the narrative he puts out. And, you know, if, if he starts influencing, you know, young kids and fans of the NBA to be flashing guns instead of hooping yeah that's that's when you really got to take a hard look and be like hey is this guy good for the team is he good for the league i mean the answer is no he's not good he's (laughs) not he's not good for the league he's very good for their team yeah Mm -hmm. but like man just like everything the grizzlies have gone through this year not with um through this year with not just job but the whole thing with dylan brooks trying to be like the next like um dennis rodman but completely imploding when it actually matters like like the memphis grizzlies could be a case study i i mean I, people have talked about wanting to analyze guys like Antonio Brown's brains when um, they eventually do pass away and like you, you know, look for CTE. It's going to be interesting if there's ever a brain scan done on Jaws head. <laughs> like, I, I, I got to know what's going on in, the, in there. Not much. Because I, I don't know if there's anything going on behind the eyes, if I got to be honest with you, which is weird for me to say, because I've heard a lot of NBA players say that Jaws, a very intelligent guy. Um, if you apparently hear him listening to, uh, um, what is it? Um, interviews post game, like after running a freaking marathon out on the court, he can give you like very like intelligent breakdowns of what went, of what happened. Um, he understands like the history of the game, but to throw all that away and just you know wave a gun around, like what is going on with him? Yeah, for what purpose? I mean, what is he? What is he proving to anyone? You know, he he already proved he's a great hooper. What more does he need? Yeah, and I know from I know there's obviously a cultural aspect of a lot of a lot of it, but. You actually look into it. John Morant didn't come from a relatively um, difficult upbringing. He seemed to have had a stable family, went to private schools, was most mostly had things paid for him and, you know, had a lot of privileges growing up. So it doesn't make a lot of sense why this actually tracks the way it does. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, there's a reason people on the Internet have been calling him NBA dumb boy. Yeah, (laughs) like it's just why, why would you like? He has what guaranteed two hundred plus million dollars or something like that. His yeah, contract and, right and, now. I mean, why but, would you risk that? Yeah, and he's already ended up losing. Actually, I saw one thing. It was the fact that, um, had he been healthy, I don't know if it would have been all NBA first team or like defense or it was some like all NBA team that he, um, was basically a shoe in to make. Um, but because of the suspension and different things, like he didn't meet the um like the minimums in order to like be eligible or something like that. And because of that, um, he lost out on apparently $39 million because it, w- it was an incentive written as written in his contract, which otherwise he would have hit like, because he's that good of a player, like based on Zion Williamson's health talent wise, John, um, John Morant might be the best player that came out of that draft. No, for sure. And, sure. and availability is the best ability. And, you know, he's clearly shown that over Zion so far. So he's been way more of an asset. Now that's not, no knock against Zion's talent because he's oh still God. a monster. Yeah, but he's a beast. But Jaws like, just playing more games, yeah. a lot more. That's all it is. Uh, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with them down the stretch because the Grizzlies, I, like I said, they are a freaking uh, – they're something to marvel at because they they told Dylan Brooks, under no circumstances are we bringing your ass back to this team. <laughs> like, you are done. So I don't know if, I don't know if he's going to have a career in the NBA anymore. It's kind of sketchy. I mean, even though he – did put up good numbers two years ago. He averaged like 18, you know, was put, getting a couple boards. So, I mean, I could see someone get giving him a job, but what do you think is going to happen with that guy? Uh, I think we're going to see him on playing on a team in China. Yeah. I, I don't know. You think Dwight Howard's going to get him over there? Uh, he might. Dwight Howard know. might recruit half the NBA at this point. He, he's see, going hard. At did it. you see that? He was, he was at, he was saying to, I think he talked about Dylan Brooks, but he also mentioned getting Jordan Poole. He was saying like Jordan. Poole. Well, wow. Well, he was just talking about guys yeah, that were like yeah. struggling. Like he even if- he even sent one at LeBron. He said, "You can't play until you're 50. Come on over here." Yeah, I mean, Dwight Howard is living his life right now. I don't. Have you like seen what he's doing over there? He's putting up monster numbers. He's he's a legend there now. Yeah. He's in, he's a basketball icon there now. He's he's gonna be in basketball infamy. He hasn't felt like that. Pro- he probably hasn't felt that level of like like of that kind of being on top of the world feeling. In like 13 years, easily. It, it, yeah. it, he, he's like, wow, I haven't felt like this since I was 25 years old. I feel great right he now. Carried I, the magic to a final. I'm like a, a god out there. Yeah, no, exactly. He is a god out there. I mean, like that's that's just the crazy thing is like you see a lot of these older NBA players and you just think like, oh, they can't play anymore. That that's the furthest thing from the truth. They can still play basketball at a high level, 
it just might not be NBA caliber basketball anymore. Because look at a guy like DeMarcus Cousins right now in Puerto Rico. Have you seen the highlights of him? I'm not. Oh, my God. He is a freaking machine over there. Like, he is throwing down dunks. He is hitting shots. Like, he is playing out of his mind right now. You for, I think people tend to forget that, you know, everyone in the NBA is there for a reason. So yes. they're all wildly talented and can, you know, D up anyone. It's they're, they're incredible. It's yeah. a different level. And like, like and I mean, ridiculous. you know, like the Euro League is, is a very impressive league. But if you put a guy like DeMarcus Cousins on a Puerto Rican league team, which, hell, they're probably probably they're probably very good players on that roster, but they probably they don't compare to him. No, they don't. So you put him out there, it's game over. Yeah. He's played with some of the best players in the world. Exactly. You know, he's He's been on Team USA. How old he is, he's still going to have the knowledge and the skill sets and the experience. I saw, I think he had like one crazy behind the back assist. It was, I'll have to show you guys after the show, but it was wild. Uh, But um, that's what we have for John Morant news. Hopefully uh, he can get his act together, but um, we'll see if that, we'll see if another half assed apology is on the way soon. So TBD. But in actual playoff news, we're now in the conference finals and um, maybe not to the surprise of some, but um, to the surprise of, of all the Braun lovers out there, the Lakers are down 2-0 to the Nuggets right now because um, Nikola Jokic is just an absolute monster. Yeah, he's been actually playing incredible, like consistently averaging double doubles and you know, the Nuggets are a really solid team, but I think they're boring and the Lakers yeah. are just more fun than them and that's why the mainstream media is pushing them a lot harder, you know, and LeBron and AD are a great duo. And, you know, Jokic is just a guy who stays in the paint and gets it done. Yeah. And it's weird. The fact that like Jokic to a lot of people is still considered like underrated because he's a two-time MVP. He almost took his team, you know, he had a chance to take his team to the finals in the bubble and he's one, you know, going to be like probably go down as one of the most dominant big men of all time. Oh yeah. So the fact that, He's a lot of people are still saying like, oh, now uh, Nikola Jokic is a superstar. It's like, man, he was a superstar two seasons ago. He's been a superstar. He's been here. Like you just don't follow basketball out in Denver to recognize that. Not a lot of people follow basketball. Out in well, Denver. Then, <laughs> well, no, you're right. No, but but I'm just saying like you're like people just aren't paying attention to him. Yeah. And, it's just, and, oh, oh, sorry. He's just such a versatile player in my mind. Like. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people know this, but like he was like a point guard when he was playing basketball, like growing up. So like from a center perspective, having the ability to stretch the floor like that is huge in today's game. And that's proved a huge asset for him. Yeah. I, I saw think that's it. one of his most underrated aspects is just the his ability to pass the ball. I mean, he he's he's an assist machine. He's getting eight to ten a game. Like it's nothing from the center position. Yeah. I mean, we see what he's able to do and just the evolution of like centers now. I mean, because Go back 20 years ago, Shaquille O'Neal and, you know, was just dominant in the paint, did his thing, and that was about it. And when I say that's about it, you're talking about an MVP, Hall of Fame type player, potentially all-time great caliber guy. So um, for what he was able to do, that's incredible. Now we have guys with similar ability um, being able to literally go up and, you know, also also uh, drop threes. And, and, you know, and Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, that, that's what I was about to say too. Victor Wembanyama is going to come in, and that's going to completely change the game. Absolutely. So he, like he's the next. He, I think he's the updated, improved version of Kevin Durant. Yeah, he, he's just lanky and can shoot from anywhere. He's like Kevin Durant when you would go into two K and you would like modify all like all of a player's stats. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so like it's Kevin Durant on max height, like Galaxy um, Opal. <laughs> yeah, the Galaxy Opal, Kevin Durant. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and it's like max height, max three-point, oh, dunking abilities off the charts. He's got insane strength. So the way the NBA has evolved over the past couple of years, it's it, – I mean, it's positionless basketball at this point, and it's just crazy. No, I mean, you look at a team like the Celtics who are going to be playing tonight. You know, the, Jason Tatum, I mean, yes, he's technically a power forward, but, I mean, Brown's technically a shooting guard, but they're now, like, wing shooters, 3 and D guys, and, like – Sometimes you see him even going up against Embiid defensively exactly. in that last series. And Al Horford is like the big man of the team, and he's six foot nine and probably the one of the not the smaller guys on the team, but smaller than Tatum, probably you know just a little bit bigger than Brown. But he's like the true center of the team. It's it's it, they've globalized the game and they made it positionless, and I think it's going to be great for the league going forward. It's going to be crazy. I saw one thing on TikTok of them saying like, "Hey, like." is there a chance that basketball becomes like soccer where you see the, these 15 year old kids go overseas 
and, you know, sign with like professional teams and, you know, forego like high school and just go pro at 15. I don't know if that's going to be the way it goes. Um, the response I saw was the fact that if the U S didn't have to worry about school, it wouldn't be a competition overseas. So it, I, it, I think that's true. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if you're going to see a trend like that, but that is something interesting to think about the fact that, you know, you know, I, people could eventually move overseas and like make this a career for themselves. We're seeing it um, recently with guys like LaMelo ball. We were seeing it with yep. Wib and Yana right now. So I don't know. Well, it's definitely interesting too. Like people have always considered the G league is like the premier foot in the door opportunity mm -hmm. for getting into the NBA. But like you were mentioning LaMelo ball, he used going overseas as his time to shine and his kind of gateway into the league. So yeah. interested to see if the globalization has a lasting impact that may push a shift away from the G league. Yeah. So I don't know what it's going to look like, but um, going back to the Lakers uh, nugget series right now, nuggets are up 2 0. Uh, they managed, they pulled out the win again last night. Um, LeBron James struggled really badly. He had some uh, big gas in the game, blew a dunk, blew a layup. Um, I think I saw one thing that he's missed 19 consecutive uh, fourth quarter threes. Yeah. He's like he's one for 20. Yeah, shooting 5%. It's crazy. Like, I mean, just, and I know LeBron traditionally isn't a three point guy, but, even for him, those numbers are bad. So absolutely. So it that that that's crazy. But um, LeBron said in the post game interview, he said like, "Hey, this isn't the NCAA tournament. Um, it's the goal of the the goal of these series is the first to four wins, and they still think they can get it." So my question to you guys is, do you think LeBron and the Lakers can come back in this series, or do you think the Nuggets are going to the finals? They I mean, could. They definitely I mean, could. <sighs> what's it gonna take? Big time performance from AD. He's got to outplay Jokic at least one to two games yeah. to, and that's that's Spe asking a lot, especially in the paint on the boards too. Exactly, and I think it would need another contribution from someone on the Lakers other than LeBron or AD. I think someone has to really step up. If, you, if that's Reeves or Walker, uh, anyone, or even D'Angelo Russell, you know, someone has to be that third option and get twenty or more. Yeah, LeBron's gonna get his points. I know he only had twenty two in game two, but He'll get his and you're, I mean, and listen, AD, I think for a game, you could see him outmatch Jokic. I think it's possible. He's, you know, he's one of the best big men in the league. He can do it. Everyone has their night. So I think that's possible. I don't know if the Lakers have enough to catch up in the series though, because I don't know. I just think it's, I, I just don't know if it's going to be enough time, but coming from a Boston fan who's been up to oh on LeBron before and then seeing it go the other way, anything is possible. So Never um, bet against Bron. I don't want to bet oh. against LeBron because I've just, as a Bron hater, I've always been, you know, proven wrong by him every single time, and it's really getting really getting old at this point. Not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, now that we get back into it, um, I don't know. This is gonna be a very interesting series for sure. I think honestly, we'll see both uh conference finals going seven games, regardless of what happens. I, I think so too. And to talk about that, I mean. You know, you get into the Celtics Heat series. That thing was an absolute war um, mm -hmm. last night. Uh, well, yeah, uh, two nights ago now at this point. Um, game two is coming up tonight. Celtics dropped game one, 123 to 116. Tatum had 30 points, but um, similar to LeBron James, had met, had met, um, a lot of struggles in that fourth quarter. Didn't Just, even take a shot in the yeah. fourth quarter. Yeah, that's bad. Not good. No. So, like, I don't know what's getting into Tatum lately. I know that. You know, you want to say he had a clutch performance against the Philadelphia 76ers. He did. He had he was just completely absent for like probably like a three game stretch. He just was not himself. And, you know, in game seven, he came through, looked solid. And it was like, all right, like he's dropping 51 points like Tatum figured it out. He's out of the rut. Let's go. And it feels like we're back at square one. Yeah, I just worry because I feel like he's so streaky, like you were saying, like, the fact that you can go from, I think it was like a, what, he had a 5% field goal percentage or like three-point percentage, something insanely low. Well, that was LeBron. Or no, I'm talking about Tatum. Yeah, the, but, the, or, the stat I mentioned to you earlier about was, was about LeBron. Oh, wow, this okay. is, but yeah, Tatum, but like, not he, attempting a shot. Yeah. yeah. Like, going from not attempting shots, like, right after, like, a historic performance. I, and it's not it just like, baffles me. And it's not like he wasn't taking a shot because, like, he had like 11 points of the game and was like really struggling. He had 30. Yeah. He was doing fine. So I don't know if they, that's an injury thing or what's going on, but you can't have that from Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum needs to be taking the majority of those shots in the fourth quarter. I don't it's care what anyone team. says. Yeah. And he, he He's needs gotta to act like it. He does need to start acting like it because Jalen Brown's been doing a far better job of it um, during their time here. 
Yeah, and, been- and that's the knot in this equation, too. Like, Jalen Brown has been, always been so silently consistent. Like, even when Tatum's up and down, he's still 20, 25 a night. He's and getting his. He's getting his and doing his job and playing good D on the other end. So, it's like, can we really go all in on Tatum and shy away from Brown just yet? I I don't know. I mean, I guess the devil's advocate I could play to that is the fact that if there's a chance that Jalen Brown is as consistent as he is because – all the teams feel like they have to just defend Tatum, defend Tatum, and they game plan for him. And Brown's just going to be like, all right, I'm going to get my points, score on the side. Like, Jalen Brown can still show out and be and be that guy, but it's more like, all right, if we're game planning for Jason Tatum, Brown can run around and, like, just yeah. make plays for himself. Maybe a bit of a Terry Rozier effect. Kind of, yeah. That's, <laughs> ca- that, that's kind of a good a, a good comp for that. But I don't know. It, this Jason Tatum is and, – and just the, the Celtics in general – have just been pissing me off this playoffs. And it's something that they haven't just done this year. This has been a common theme for them. And it's the fact that they don't know how to take uh, an authoritative lead in a series. They, for whatever reason, when their backs are against the wall and it's win or go home and they need to, you know, get a game, they clutch up and they manage to pull out a win. And sometimes even in a big low in a big way, like we saw against the Sixers. So whenever, but however, when they're up in a series, they have a chance to take a three, one lead, close out a game. They, Extend it. They're the Scott Fosters of teams. Oh, I I just hate like hanging on by a thread so consistently. Like, yeah, we made it to the finals and hanging on by a thread last year, but I don't want to do that. I want to no. be a more dominant force and come from a point of, you know, confidence and unison. And it's just so difficult because like, like you were saying, like when we're kind of like seemingly down for the count, like we just resort to the hero ball mm-hmm. and that's just a huge downfall for us. We need to play more like a team. Yeah. We showed I- it recently, but just got to be consistent. Yeah, and I think that falls on Joe Missoula's coaching style. I don't know. I, I respect Joe Missoula. I think he's a good guy, but I've had questions about him this year because he's had issues with uh, calling timeouts, um, managing certain players. So, yeah, he's been having issues with me. But you want to mention the biggest issue of extending these series. It's not just the fact that guys are getting tired, but you're wasting opportunities to take advantage of other opponents. I mean, the Hawks series going six games, that hurt us incredibly because the 76ers were already waiting for us. Joel Embiid was hurt, and we could have potentially gotten maybe two, maybe three games with Embiid out, and instead we only got one. And they and, were well-rested all yeah, series. Yeah, and they, they were the rest. And that turned into another seven-game series for this team. So, I mean, listen, if it comes down to it, I can give the Celtics a chance to win it in a, in a do-or-die game, but... I don't need it to be that every single time for us. I think that if we can actually get our guys some rest, finish a series in four, five games, like it's less just miles on miles on their legs. Like they have just more life to them at the end of the season. When we get to the finals too, we'll be able to really, that's when you should be worried about the seven game series taking it the distance. Yeah. And that's what, and that's the big thing. And listen, I want to say this. I do. I don't want to. I don't want this to be that I'm not giving credit to Jimmy Butler because that is not what this is. Jimmy Butler has been playing out of his mind in the playoffs for the past three years now. He is just a different guy when it turns to postseason basketball. No, absolutely. He is. uh, Jimmy Butler has always had that dog in him, but he was really unleashed it. And I mean, you look at the team he's surrounded with. I don't. I couldn't name many players that could do what he's doing with. Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, old Kyle Lowry. Um, and it's weird, though, too, because I look at uh, Jimmy Butler and I and I still think of him as like, oh, a nice two piece, like a night, nice, like a nice, a nice number two piece on a team. I never always thought of him as that alpha player. But in reality, he is. Like, he is. He is the leader of a team. Like I really kind of only ever saw him as like being like, you know, someone's like backup guy. But he leads a locker room like that is his like the Miami Heat that is his team yeah and he got a bad shake with the beginning of his career too just yeah. going to Chicago I mean I think uh that definitely wasn't the best situation for him no. and then Philly was not a good situation either and they they had an almost super team there but they just couldn't put put it together because all the personalities I and- mean even out in Minnesota when there was that uh, crazy story when he took on the starting lineup with like the uh, all the reserve players and he just absolutely dominated that game. Yeah, like he, I mean, he ha- he's been showing this throughout his career and it doesn't get enough attention for what he does. Like he should be up there with those um 
you know, with like the top ech- uh, those upper echelon players. Absolutely, no he is. The other thing that's impressive about him too is like he adapts his game in the playoffs. I this is I think they said the second postseason in a row where he's um, made more three pointers than he did in the regular season. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what what he why Jeez. he does it, but he I'm because he still nails from mid range. He's awesome from that area of the court, but for whatever reason, he likes to just like you know, ex- expand his game and maybe it's just more confidence. Yeah. Hey, I, I think it's more of a drive too. I feel like he definitely wants it more than any other person. on yes. the court. He's clearly more motivated than everyone else. And he's outworking everyone. No, if the heat went a ring, it's going to be the, it'll be like the most, I think a player's ever earned a ring in their life. For sure. Because like, Jimmy Butler is like fighting for his life right now. Issue the MVP award to this man. No, he's on, fighting. Honest. I mean, like, if the if the play if the MVP award counted the playoffs, Jimmy Butler should uh definitely should Jimmy Butler should be walking away with it for what he's doing right now. It's incredible. But for all the Jimmy Butler praise, we hope he goes down in seven. Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, I, I still think that whatever is whatever Jimmy Butler is wa- uh whatever wires Jimmy Butler's head, Jason Tatum needs to get that. And I thought that maybe the failure of losing the finals would do that. It hasn't happened yet. I don't know what it's going to take, but he needs to find that and discover that and just say, like, all right, I'm going to go take over a series because in my mind, he's the best player on the court. There's yeah. no question. The Celtics yeah. are the far superior talented team. We have the but, depth, but you know? the Heat might just want to win it more. So that's the big question. And I hope the Celtics can, can get over the hump. I hope that we can go out there and win a championship. But as of right now, uh, game two is coming up. If you guys had to take picks, who do you guys got in game two? I mean, this this is a must-win game for the Celtics. The second yes. game at home, you, you have to split at home because you know it's going to be miserable playing in yes. Miami. So I, I just have to ride the Celtics on this one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go the same way. It, the other night was pretty heartbreaking for me personally, and I need to turn around here. Yeah, I just think we need to get some momentum and just carry it through the series because I'm I'm done with the streakiness. I'm I, done with the missed shots. I'm done with the streakiness too. Listen, if I had to give a prediction for tonight, I'm gonna say it's the Celtics because what is what's been the pattern all season when their backs against the wall when they need a game, they go out there and they take it. So I think that they're gonna take it right now because they're gonna feel the pressure. It's not just gonna be like some you know like any other any other team like where you go down 2-0 and you can come back. Going in Miami is an absolute buzzsaw. So. If the Celtics were to lose tonight, I could see this thing getting finished off in five games. I'm not going to get up, not going to give it the sweep, but because they're talented enough, I think they'd get one. But if I'm you feeling six, six, if if they were to lose tonight, if we were to lose tonight, I think we could get it in six. Oh, I'm talking. I'm talking about if we lose tonight, where like we'd be out in five, Jake. Oh, yeah, because I feel like they, yeah. I feel like they would just get down, like they wouldn't have to drive anymore. Nah, and if, if to they take can... one back in Miami, would be very hard with a two to three or game lead over us. Yeah, it just wouldn't be possible at that point. I think that that place would be way too riled up. Yeah, but I mean, this just this just goes to show that ESPN does not know anything about their analytics because you guys all saw the graphic, right? That the Heat had a three percent chance to win this series going in. And it was made up by, like, because Tyler, we were on the train going to Boston. I saw that, and I was like, this is such freaking BS. And more fuel to the fire for Jimmy Butler, it's, too. They def- Yeah, they definitely pinned that up in the heat locker room and said, like, oh, look at this. They don't believe in us. They only gave us a 3% chance. And genuinely, I mean, they said this was made up by ESPN Analytics. And I'm like, all right, is that just, like, the janitor or, like, the intern that, like, walks in and says, like, all right, guys, I crunched the numbers. I, th- <laughs> I threw this into stat muse, and I don't think that – uh. And I, I really think the Celtics are going to win. I think they played the game a hundred times in 2K. Yep. But just someone that sucked was using the heat. So yeah. they just could only get three wins in. No, exactly. I mean, this is the problem with it, with the analytics is that it can analyze like, all right, yeah, this is what the, this, these are certain players like three point percentages. This is what they do in uh, clutch situations, but you don't, you can't analyze quote clutch players. And that's what Jimmy Butler does in the playoffs. So the Heat, uh, apparently ESPN, though, they're not giving the Heat much of a advantage going into game two. They still only have a 13% chance to take this series. Not much the, better. They're still, yeah. they're still, uh, they're still really kind of like, you know, not respecting him, which yeah. I think is a mistake. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, these teams are evenly matched. And I mean, 
I think we all were saying as Celtics fans, the one team we don't want to see is Miami. No, they were I mean, the one team that was, and they're pesky. They're going to give you fits all playoffs. And they beat the Bucks. They beat the number one seed. So you got to you gotta give them some credit there. So. Absolutely. We're talking longevity too. You know, we want to be well-rested going into the next round. So yeah, we're having to battle this out isn't going to make it any easier in the long run. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, well, hopefully the Celtics can pull it out tonight. I have, uh, it seems a general consensus around here where, um, all rooting for we're all going green team tonight. So sir. yeah, let's see how that goes. But Tyler, it's episode 200. You started this, so I'll let you say uh, what time it is. Well, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, but for episode 200, we're officially down to the wire. Yeah. So that means that we're going to wrap things up here in the Koffler Center for one last time as all college students. That's uh quite the that's quite the it's terrifying quite, Brian it is you terrifying. can just say it it's terrifying yeah I I, I slow down I, my old age I try to like talk in like these like hidden riddles and rhymes but yeah no it's if I could get off air I'd say this is effing my this is pants effing are wet because I'm pissing myself right now <laughs> yeah I am no I'm in wow. it's gonna be a ride I can't believe it it, it, it should it's, be fun I think I think we've done great with what we've had so far and we're gonna just continue to do that going forward it's been a so. great four years looking forward to many more yeah I mean I had a great time recapping these past four years with you guys on the show talking to NBA and listen I think we're gonna go have some fun tonight you guys want to go day end and why I think we're gonna have some fun tonight. <laughs> I think last night of college I think it's gonna be a fun time so uh you know if you guys want to follow us on down to the wire I'll say this I plan to continue to do the show after school. If you guys ever want a spot on the show, feel free. I will always, you know, be here to do it. I don't know how long I'm going to do it because I'm going to be here for grad school. So maybe it's another two years. Maybe I continue to do something with it afterwards. But I plan to be here. I plan to stick around at least a little bit longer. So I'm excited for what's to come next. So we'll be here with you. Absolutely. So if you do, if you are interested, however, in following us, make sure you uh, go and check out the IG at down dot to the wire where you can have links to our Spotify or Apple podcast, our YouTube page, literally everything. And it also gives you the link to the WJMF website, which WJMF has been the home for down to the wire for the past three years. And if you want to, and if you want to stream it, we're on 88.7 HD two Smithville Providence. So make sure you guys go check us out on there. It's on the website. You can stream live straight from there. You know, I don't know what the times are going to be, but we'll see what it looks like. So from the last time in the Koffler Center, as all college students, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Tyler Tucker. I'm Jake Marchand. And this has been Down the Wire. WJMF Radio.